Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Synergy Cast. I am your host, Sonia Joffer, and I am so stoked for this episode today, y'all. I got to have such a lovely conversation with my partner and boyfriend, Manmeet Singh Dillon, about healthy relationships, and we recorded this earlier in the summer, around June, so I'm so excited to share that with you all today. Some of the things that we discuss is what we look for in a partner, some common misconceptions about relationships, codependency and interdependency, love languages, how our South Asian cultural background plays a role in our relationship, and also answering some questions at the very end that were sent into us by listeners. So if you guys want to show Manmeet some love, follow him on Instagram at Dillon, and you'll find that in the episode notes too. Also, I want to put a content warning out there. One of the questions that was sent into us by a listener involves us to address domestic violence. And I want to put it out there that I do not replace seeking professional help. So please, if you feel like you are in an abusive relationship or if you do not feel safe with your partner also if you know somebody that is in that situation please seek out the resources and get professional help you can do so by visiting the website thehotline.org also you can call the domestic violence hotline number which operates 24 7 at 1-800-799-7233 all right everyone thank you for tuning in and i hope you enjoy today's episode Thank you so much for coming on today, babe. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, and it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, of course. Um, And would you like to give the listeners a little bit of background about who you are before we dive into our conversations on healthy relationships? Yeah. Uh, My name is Manmeet Singh Delon. I'm 27-year-old first-generation Punjabi-American, and I was born and raised in the Bay Area, California. All right. So thank you for giving that little background about yourself. And I know you're also, like, currently studying in med school. Yeah, so I'm a fourth-year medical student, and I would like to go into internal medicine with the specialty of hospital medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because... Manmeet is finishing up his med school here in Tucson, Arizona, which is where we are currently recording this podcast episode. Um, That's why we're currently in a long-distance relationship. But when we first met, we met about exactly 13 months ago on this day because today is our 13th month anniversary. It's July 15th today. Um, And we met May 15th of last year, and we met off of a dating app. Yeah, uh, it was just, it was funny because I literally lived across the street from you for like, however, three and a half years I was living in Chicago, and you were right across from me. And it's just so funny to think about, like, we were like this close from each other, but we didn't realize it until like three years later. Yeah, exactly. It's just funny how things work out that way. And um, I was also just like when we had met, I was just getting out of a really long relationship. I was in that relationship for about like four and a half to five years. 
So when we first met, I definitely was not in the place to be in a relationship. So I kind of told Manmeet from the beginning that, you know, let's just keep things casual. Let's just see where this goes. Because right now, I'm just done with being in a relationship, being exclusive with somebody. And he respected that. Yeah, I, and I think I told you from the beginning, like, yeah, I understand what you're going through. I think a lot of us have been through it. So, and I think my exact words for you was like, balls in your court. Like, I think I told you from like the first week of us talking, I was like, hey, I'm like really into you. <laughs> and you're like, you gave me this look like, bro, I just told you to not bring that up. <laughs> I was like, my bad, you know, but uh, we took it day by day and we went at your pace and, you know, eventually got to a point where you're comfortable enough to, you know, let me in a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's one of the key things where, because in the beginning, I kind of, how I described it to Munmeet was, I have this like fog over my head and it's very hard for me to see things clearly right now. So well, I think one, I think we did several things that led us to where we are now, because I think after four months of talking just, you know, casually, that's when I decided, you know, like, I think I'm ready to move things forward. And now we are, you know, in, in a committed relationship now. Um, but I think we did like several things that kind of led us to this point. And that's what we want to talk about today with you all, because um, we had some people reach out to us and ask us to have a conversation about what makes our relationship so healthy and how do we know that it's a relationship that's going to last. So that's what we're here to talk about with you all today and we'd love to share our story with you all and if it helps anybody in any way, that'd be awesome. And uh, I would just like to add in a full disclosure that me and Sonia are by no means relationship experts. We're just learning as we go and so far you know things have been quite wonderful knock on wood yeah <laughs> and um yeah that's very that's very real we are also still learning so we're not perfect at everything but we both do feel like we are in a very healthy relationship and an important thing to mention is that both of us never experienced healthy relationships or had a model for that growing up so that's why like when when meet said like we're kind of learning as we go i feel like that's been my entire journey in dating is just like learning as i go because i never really had a role model at home to look up to like this is what a healthy relationship is so let me begin our conversation by first acknowledging that Everybody has things they look for in a potential partner and no two people have, you know, similar traits or characteristics that they find desirable. So with that being said, like, let me ask you, what are some things that you noticed in me that you were looking for? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I think mainly what I was looking for was because the my past relationships, romantic relationships were not healthy. I knew that based off the, my past relationships, I was I knew what not to look for. So I think that's how I approached our relationship. Um, so I think that really helped me because even though being in those relationships was really painful and, you know, unhealthy, I think it 
taught me what I deserve to have in a in a relationship. So it helped me approach you that way. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of the main things that I was looking for is someone who respects me, not only when we agree on things, but also when we disagree. And I immediately saw that in you because I consider myself to be a very like liberal and progressive person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of like ideologies that match with that. And I'm very open about it when I speak, um, speak about what I value and human rights. So, you know, right off the bat, like first day you met me, I was already <laughs> doing my social justice rants that I always do. Um, I mean, you were an open book. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that that was kind of like a little test, you know, and I was being myself, but also at the same time, I was trying to test to see what your reactions would be, how you would take that. Because in the past, I would be shut down for my views and disrespected um, by my past partners for if they wouldn't agree with my political opinions and stuff like that. So immediately what I noticed about you is that no matter how much I ranted about social justice, you always respected me, even when you would disagree or even when I think, not even disagree, but when you would not understand something that I was talking about or a topic that I brought up, um, you would ask me, you would be like, hey, like, I don't know what pronouns are. Can you explain that to me? Why do people use different pronouns? And I explained it to you, right? And I was like, wow, this person is genuinely open-minded and respects me enough as a person to sit down and have a conversation and learn instead of like put me down for it, you know? I think another thing I was looking for is like, I'm really big on actions. I think that's another thing I really, really loved that I saw in you was that not only would you say these promises and say these beautiful things to me, but your actions would then align with the things that you would say. I also really loved how you would like spend time getting to know my family and friends and like you just fit in so well with like all of my all like the group of friends that I have. Like I remember like the first weekend I met you, we had only known each other a few days. And I invited all my friends over and you just like fit right in. Like you just started like chatting with them and like just got along so well with them. And that was really, really amazing to me. I was like, wow, this person like genuinely wants to get to know the people in my life that I love and I'm really close to. And I loved that. And also you did the same with my family. It was only a few weeks um, that we were dating and then you met my parents, Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is big, you know, cause like I love my family, but they can be, they can be a lot sometimes (laughs) in, in, in a good way. So I think that was really great that you were like willing to get to know them and spend time with them because family is very important to me as well as friends. Um, so yeah, I think like another thing I liked was just that you were empathetic and I saw that you were willing to, like you already were on your path to improving yourself and you were very self-aware on the things that you knew that you wanted to focus on to be the best version of yourself. And I liked that because like in the past, I felt like I approached relationships like, 
oh, I'm going to help this person. Like, I'm going to help them be the best version of themselves. But you can't really do that unless the other person also sees that for themselves, you know? So um, you can't really teach anybody that. They kind of have to realize it on their own. So that's what I liked about you is I noticed that, like, you were already there in that mindset. Like, I know what I want to do to be better, and I'm on my way to doing it. And, that, and I really liked that. So yeah, and like also just like all of these things just made me feel really safe around you, which is like a really, really, really big key thing for me in a relationship, platonic or romantic, that it's very important for me to feel safe around the person and to trust the person. And like ways that we practice that is like asking for consent. Like, I know I'm very big on like, I'm a person that experienced childhood trauma growing up. So for that reason, I get very particular about physical touch. So I always communicate to you like, hey, you have to ask me for consent before you touch me, Mm -hmm. you know, and like um, I see that you work on that. Yeah. Now I'm going to put you under the spotlight and ask you what you were looking for in a partner or what did you see in me that made you be like, yeah, I think this this person is the one well i guess the first thing that i realized is that you are a very understanding individual you're able to show empathy and put yourself in another person's like perspective and kind of try to view the world the way they do or did at that you know time and that kind of like it resonated with me really well because that's one thing a lot of people even like friends don't have is understanding for the other person you got to be able to understand what's really going on to figure out why this person, you know, behaves the way they do or say the things they do or, you know, act the way they act. So that was one thing that I noticed with you is you were like extremely understanding and like very compassionate and empathetic as well. And that I I love that about you. And then you were also patient. I remember the first couple days of us talking like, yeah, I remember I asked you, I was like, so like, what are pronouns? And, you know, you took your time. I think you talked to me for like 45 minutes, right? You, you spent a good 45 minutes kind of like breaking it down to me and kind of like explaining it to me. And I think you even had to explain it at least two to three different times because the first time you explained it, it didn't like register to me. And the second time it started to register and then you just like you went down, a, you did it the third time, but you, you know, went at it from a different like angle. And then I, then it clicked. I was like, oh, I get it. So that was something like really important to me is having someone that's patient and you know, will take their time to explain things to somebody, especially if they don't really know, you know, like there's a lot of information a lot of us are lacking and I'm guilty of it, you know, like a lot of issues I don't really know about. So it's important for me to have a partner who can convey those to me, but in a, like a positive way, you know? Mm-hmm. One thing that I love is our conversation was extremely friendly. When we first started talking, we got we got real deep. We were talking about all kinds of things. I remember like you had pictures everywhere, so you talked about your art. So I was asking you like questions about it, and you got really really into it, and I love that. I think we talked about poetry as well, and then we talked about some philosophical things all in like the first two days of us getting to know each other. And I I love that. I love being able to just dive into like deep conversations with people without having them feel like uncomfortable or anything. And that might've just been like your energy and my energy, like they resonated very well, but uh, it's something that a lot of people aren't like fortunate enough to have, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I what I loved about you within our first like couple of weeks, you were like very well like, getting along with like my friends and my family. And that for me was really important because I'm like, oh wow, this is somebody that can take that same love they have for me and extend it to my family and my friends. And also, you weren't intimidated by like my like tradition or like my cultural background because. A lot of people, when they see somebody who's not from the same background from them, whether it be like a religious background or a, or just a cultural background, or they could be from the same background, but one family is more progressive and the other one's a little more traditional. And if they're not exactly the same, people get a little scared, you know, if you will. And that was not you. You were very much open for it. You were asking me a lot of questions and you were just uh, very open-minded. And I love that. Um, one thing that I noticed between... That what I noticed about you is that you seem to be a very committed person. And then commitment to me is more than just if you take it at face value, like you commit to somebody, you know, like what people think the textbook definition is. To me, commitment means that when somebody is, if they're wrong about something or if they're going through a stressor or if they're hurting for some reason, that your partner is going to be there to kind of hold you down. And that's what I, that's the vibe I got from you. And that's kind of like the way you presented yourself too. Like you're a very committed person. Like you were, you're very committed to your friends, to your family. And, you know, clearly if you're committed to your friends and family, then you have to be committed person in a relationship. It just kind of like correlates. And that is something that I very much like looked for in a partner. And then when I felt that from you, I was like, wow, she, she has it all. Aww. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I also really like how you are not afraid to check me or like hold me accountable or like call me out in a nice and respectful way. You like hold me accountable when you see me acting or saying something that do- that you know doesn't align with my personal beliefs and you know that I wouldn't really do if I was in my best state of mind, you know? So that's really important to me because that's what I value in any type of relationship. I value someone that is able to hold me accountable when I'm not being my best self. And that's how I grow. That's how I learn how to be better. And obviously, like, I have my own personal bias. So, like, I can hold myself accountable to some extent. But my personal bias is going to get in the way of that. So that's why I rely on the close people around me to really check me when they see me or hear me doing something that's, you know, not right. So that's something I really like about us, too. Yeah, and I I agree with that. Like, I I feel like that's something that's so, like, underappreciated, but it needs to be appreciated more. You've done your fair share of holding me accountable to things where you feel like, hey, I don't think you would normally do that. And I had to reevaluate myself like, oh, no, she's right. Like, I wouldn't, you know, like Mm -hmm. just a small example. um, I was a coffee addict, you know, like three, four cups a day, something like that. Mm -hmm. A real unhealthy amount. And uh, you noticed it and you slowly started to, you know, kind of like mention it to me. And that progressed into you kind of one day saying hey like I don't think you should be drinking that much coffee because it makes you very jittery as it is and again like four cups is a little obscene and that's when I had to think yeah she's not coming at me from like a place of hostility she she cares about me she wants me to live a long and healthy life so I was I had to kind of like put myself I had to detach myself from my feelings and really think about it and to be honest because of that I was able to basically stop I haven't had coffee 
several weeks. So, I mean, I'm more of a tea person myself now, you know, but yeah. it did help. Like, that very much helped me in a lot of ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, something I really like about our relationship is that we both sometimes or oftentimes will step out of our own comfort zones to do things that will make the other person happy. And this is like, you know, this can be done to a certain extent. Obviously, you don't want to push your partner to go outside of their comfort zone all the time. And you want to make sure you get consent from them and that they're like mentally and physically prepared for that and that they were the ones that consented to do that thing. So Mm -hmm. I think that you have to be very cautious when you do challenge your partner to get out of their comfort zone because sometimes it can get very uncomfortable. But I think once in a while it that's something that is really important like that I, that I feel like that we both do. Like for example, like I'm really really scared of heights, but I remember when we went on our first trip to Sedona in Arizona last winter, we ended up climbing this mountain called Cathedral Rock and it was like 5000 feet high. Like 4,900 and some change, yeah. But basically, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I'm from the Midwest, like, flatlands. Like, we don't, we barely even have hills in Illinois. So I'm super scared of heights. I'm not used to, like, climbing mountains and hiking in that way. Um, But Manmeet is because he grew up in San Jose, California. So, like, he grew up climbing mountains and stuff. And he likes doing that. But for me, it's something that's really outside of my comfort zone. But I was willing to push myself and I agreed to do it. And he was very patient with me. Literally every step of the way, he like took things one step at a time and just made sure that I was like feeling as comfortable as I could because <laughs> it definitely was very uncomfortable to be that high up. Um, and to be climbing a mountain like that. But you, you know, you did your part and made sure that you were by my side the whole way and made sure that I felt like as safe as possible. So, and then I did end up reaching the top. Like we, we reached the top of the mountain and that was like, that was a big accomplishment for me. Cause I was like, wow, I overcame, I didn't overcome my fear of heights because I'm still very scared of heights, but I was able to overcome it that day despite how... In that moment. In that moment, yeah, right. Despite how scared I was, I was able to overcome it and climb that mountain. Mm -hmm. And it was because of me and myself and my own inner drive, but it was also because I had support and help along the way, which was really important to me too. Mm -hmm. And... You know, to that, I'd also like to credit you on the fact that you stayed with me at a Buffalo Wild Wings for like four and a half hours to watch some, to basically watch cage fights. Because, oh, yeah. like, I I love martial arts. I've been involved with the martial arts from a very young age. And Sonia is a very, she's a pacifist. She's a nonviolent person. She doesn't like violence. So it's just, I felt very bad for her. I was like, oh, man, like, we should just leave, but... She was like, no, this is what you want to do. Like, I'll, I'll hang out. We'll watch. And we ordered some appetizers. got some mozzarella sticks, mm-hmm. some onion rings. And, you know, you hung out with me for like four and a half hours. Yeah. And you kept her cool. Yeah. And uh, that, it, that meant a lot to me because I knew on different levels how uncomfortable it was for you. You know, A, watching violence on TV, 
B, being in a crowded space like that, and then C, being around a bunch of, like, loud, drunk, obnoxious people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like the the trifecta of, you know, uncomfortable. Everything I don't like. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. And you still were like, you know what? This is what you want to do? Like, we'll do it. It's fine. And I, and I, and I, I appreciated that so much. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm still, I still don't know how I did, I how I did I... that. Because <laughs> I really don't like that that stuff, like you said. But yeah, I just like saw how important it was for you and to you. And I wanted to share in that, you know, because I feel like it's it's cool to have your own individual passions when you're in a relationship. And to it's a, I, I think it's important to do things on your own as well. I don't think that you have to do every single thing together mm-hmm. in a relationship. And I think we're going to get into that a little bit later. But I think sometimes it's cool to just like share in each other's passions as well. And I feel like speaking from our own experience, that has helped us get to know each other on a different level. It's like it's one thing for me to hear Munmith talk about how much he loves martial arts, which he does a lot. <laughs> he talks about a lot. I do. <laughs> I, I never stop. <laughs> so it's one thing to hear him talk about it, but another thing to like share and that experience with him. So um don't know if I'll be doing it again or maybe I will, but not for a while, but um, it definitely was something that I felt like was it was a really cool experience to learn more about you. Yeah, and uh, I'd just like to add one more thing that I really do appreciate about our relationship is that we both kind of understand traumas from childhood and from just past and just past experiences and growing up, and we act accordingly to make each other feel safe, you know? Like, I know that you had went through a lot as a kid and you know even as a even as a young adult went through a lot and then just a having you be able to just communicate with that me with, with communicate that with me and then me being able to understand what you said and then you know ask you like okay so what would be the best way for me to to act during this situation or if something like this happens what would you like to see me do how would you prefer me to kind of i guess act or what would you prefer me to say just to make this more comfortable and safe for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that goes a long way because then, you know this, I have trouble sharing. Mm-hmm. I, It's very hard for me to open up. So then when Sonia is able to share with me and then, you know, I'll ask those questions like, hey, so what should I do to, you know, just to make things a little better, make things more comfortable. Then I'm, I myself, I feel a little more comfortable opening up to her and kind of sharing some of my past experiences with her. And then... That just leads to better communication overall because now I'm able to finally share things with her. She can share things with me and we can even tell things to each other like, hey, if I start feeling like this, I kind of would prefer you to kind of say things like this to kind of calm me down. Mm -hmm. And then we can talk about it, you know, later when the moment passes. I'm calm. We're both calm. and I feel like that's really important to like recognize and acknowledge. Yeah, definitely. And I think like, Definitely recognize that to go to therapy, to have a therapist takes a lot of access and a lot of privilege. But if you do have the privilege and access to go to therapy or to get mental health resources or support in any way, in any shape and form, I think that is so important for every person, whether you're in a relationship or not, I believe should be going to therapy 
Um, even if you feel like you had a quote unquote easy or smooth or good life, I feel like everyone has problems and everyone has things that they need to work on and get off their chest. And so I feel like going to therapy is like super important and it helps you be more self-aware so that when you are in a relationship, you do choose to get into a relationship eventually. You have already done that work or are doing that work. So then you don't project things onto your partner as well and especially somebody who I identifies as you know like me who has experienced trauma in my past I think that's really important for me and I tell like you all the time too that like you know you need to go to your own therapy as well Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to be your therapist you Mm -hmm. know like I I am a therapist but I'm not going to be your therapist so um so yeah I think that's another really important thing too Yeah, I agree. And I agree with you in your statement that, like, you shouldn't have to be your partner's therapist. Like, you as an individual need to work out your own issues with your own therapist. That way, when things do arise, and let's say you get, you know, an event happens and it triggers you to have, like, like an unwanted response, at least you know what happened and you can identify it because... You've done your own work. Now your partner doesn't have to sit there and try to like walk, basically like put put the pieces together, try to figure out what's going on and then have to like walk on eggshells to hope it doesn't happen again. Like that's not fair to your partner. It's not fair, you know, to yourself. It's just not fair for anybody at that point. So yeah, I, I agree with you that everyone should kind of like go to their own therapy, work on the things they want to work on. And um, basically that, that improves relationships like tremendously not even just romantic relationships but like platonic relationships you're able to communicate with your family a lot better you're able to communicate with your friends your co-workers Mm -hmm. even like your neighbors Mm -hmm. yeah and I think another thing therapy really taught me and continues to teach me is boundaries you know and I've spoke about boundaries a lot on this podcast before Um, But I think it's really important. So I'm going to keep talking about it because therapy has really taught me and shown me what boundaries I need to place in my life and when I need to place them and how I need to be clear about them with the people in my life so that they know how to love me better or love me the way I want to be loved, you know, Um, which I think is really important. And we can kind of dive into our common misconceptions portion of this conversation. I think one common misconception is that you have to love or treat people how you want to be treated. And I don't think that's the case. You know, I think like everybody has their own individual like wants and needs and ways that they want to be loved. So I think... It should actually be we should treat people the way they want to be treated. So there's this really amazing resource that I'll put in the episode notes for you all. But it's called the Love Language Quiz. And that's where, like, whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship, that's where you can figure out what your love language is. And then what, if you are in a relationship, what your partner's love language is as well. And I think that just helps you like understand more about yourself and how you want to be loved. And then your partner can understand too. And so there's five love languages. There's physical touch, receiving gifts, 
words of affirmation, acts of service, and quality time. So there's this quiz that you can take, and it only takes about like two minutes to take the quiz. And you can take it, your partner can take it, and you can just learn more about which love languages you all prefer. So this was really, really impactful in our relationship. We both took the quiz and we both know each other's love languages. Because I think in the beginning of our relationship, we loved, we were loving each other how we wanted to be loved. Like Munmeath would get me like a bunch of like little gifts here and there and stuff. And that's, that is on my love language. Like I do like receiving gifts, but it's not one of the main things like what it's not on my top three you know so and then when we talked about it I was like hey like I really appreciate you getting me these gifts but that's not I mean I would rather you just spend like quality time with me or something you know instead and then he was like oh okay well like I really like these gifts so that's why I was getting them (laughs) and so and so then we kind of realized like hey like we should just be more or more aware of how our part how our partner wants to be loved I took the quiz and my top three love languages are quality time, acts of service, and words of affirmation. So that just basically means like quality time. That's exactly what it sounds like. I like spending that, you know, one-on-one time with my partner no matter what we're doing. Acts of service, that's just like little things here and there like if Munmeet sees that I have a really big exam coming up or a big paper I'm working on, but he's free that day or for for that hour, then and then he'll go and do my chores for me because he knows that that'll help relieve some of my stress. So th- those acts of service are also really important to me. And then words of affirmation. You know, I just like to hear like, hey, I'm really proud of you or like, hey, you're doing a really good job or I really love that you did this for me or you said this for me. So um, those are my love languages. And um, Manmeet, if you want to share yours. Yeah, mine are kind of similar, basically. Yeah, quality time. You know, I love spending time with you no matter what we're doing. We could, I think we've literally spent days just doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and those are like some of my favorites. Uh, acts of service. You know, just like when, you know, let's say like I'm, making dinner and as I finish making dinner you're already like setting the table up or you're already like cleaning the pots and plant pans when I'm done like little things like that I love like it's like a team-based kind of a thing you know and like, mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll, I'll tell you like hey don't worry I'll do it and then you'll be like no it's fine and you'll, you'll do it anyways and I'm like I'm so glad she did it because <laughs> you know? like, I was not in the mood right now but. <laughs> and then uh Words of affirmation and, you know, I, I also, I, I like physical touch. Like, I like, you know, I like being cuddled and I like getting, like, massages and I like hugging and holding hands and stuff. And then, yeah, words of affirmation. Like, I like being told, like, hey, you got this. You can do this, mm-hmm. you know. Good job. You know, basic things like that it just kind of keeps you, it keeps you going. Especially if you're somebody that's not used to hearing that. If someone, if you're somebody that's used to doing things because of a fear of failure and if that's all the motivation you've ever known eventually you're gonna burn out Mm -hmm. so when you do hear words of affirmation it's like a completely different type of fuel you know and it goes a long way yeah definitely um so that's the love languages and i'll put in the episode notes a link so if you want to check that out if you want to take that quiz and learn more feel free to use that link and check it out. 
Um, but we're going to move on with our other common misconceptions. So I think another one is that like everything needs to be the exact same. Like you both people or all people in a relationship need to align and be similar with everything. Personality, politics, preferences, customs, religion, culture, language, everything. And I don't think that's the case, you know, because we are similar in a lot of ways, but we also are very different in a lot of ways as well, which is some of the things that we've shared with you all. You can kind of see that. What I like in our relationship, I do like that we are different on some levels because then I learn more or like I grow more or I'm challenged more to think outside of my everyday pattern of thinking. I think also it's okay to do things on your own too. You know, like it's okay to like have things set aside that you like to do independently. So that's why like whenever Mamith wants to watch his like martial arts stuff, I'll, you know, he'll go do that. And then I'll go do something else. Like I'll go work on my art or I'll go do something else that's like really important to me. So yeah, I think that's another common misconception for sure. Mm. Uh, yeah, I agree. And it also kind of ties into this idea that, you know, we need to agree on everything. And that's not the case because if you agree on everything, you're basically just in like an echo chamber, like no new ideas getting passed around, no new values, principles get ever like discussed because everyone agrees with you. And it kind of leads to a very stale life, if you will, like Mm -hmm. a stale life, stale relationships, stale friendships, because, you know, it's okay to compromise. That's one thing. But then to just agree wholeheartedly on everything the other person is doing it's it's it's, you're doing a little bit of injustice to you guys' relationship because of the potential you have for growth now is like basically non-existent because there is no other side there is no other opposing view or another ideal that you might have not even thought about you know like compromise is kind of like what you want to like strive for like if we have two people like Sonia and I we kind of We have a couple of things in common, but the things that we have differences in are very different. You know, like our upbringing, um, where we want to stay, where we want to live, very different. For example, she's kind of like really into the city because it's lively, it's full of life. There's just always something going on. It's very like bright, you know, just just a lot of a lot of action going on. And I'm a person that doesn't really like that. I like the opposite. I kind of like solitude and seclusion and being that that weird house in the middle of nowhere with no neighbors around and obviously that's a big discussion we have like hey she'll tell me like hey i'm not trying to live in the middle of nowhere where we can't even go for help and i'm like i don't want neighbors around me so it's (laughs) yeah and i'm like haven't we seen enough horror movies where the plot line is literally structured where that the person that's being attacked in the in the movie is like never has anyone around them or close to them or like lives in the middle of nowhere (laughs) i mean that's a you know that's a fair point that's a fair point that's why i like that's why we compromised right i was like Mm -hmm. okay i see your point it does seem a little you know sketchy to say the least (laughs) so you know maybe we can find like a another another like avenue to like travel down and maybe find like another like I guess city where I'm a little more comfortable but it's still a city nonetheless so Sonia's happy as well Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what it's all about is to 
kind of find that that middle ground if you know if there ever is a middle ground if a lot of people don't believe there is but try to find it and if there if it's not there make one mm-hmm. you know you're allowed to think outside the box right yeah exactly and i think another common misconception is that a relationship has to be 50-50 all the time and i think that a relationship should be 50-50, a healthy relationship most of the time, but there are times where your partner is not at their best. They're not at their 100%. Maybe they're going through a really rough time in their personal life. Maybe they just got let go from their job. Maybe they're just going through a, a rut in life, you know, and if one of the partners is going through that hard time, but the other partner is has that energy to kind of give more where the other partner cannot, I think it's okay and actually healthy for the other partner to kind of pick up the slack a little bit. Um, So I think that as long as that's not majority of the time, you know, I think majority of the time it should be a 50-50 it should because then it's not fair if like one partner is always picking up the slack all the time that can lead to a lot of you know toxic relationships and unhealthiness and exhaustion um on on the part of the partner that's giving all the energy but i do think once in a while you know it it is okay to pick up the slack if your partner cannot give their 100 percent and like do that until your partner is back up on their feet and support them in that way. Exactly. And it's like you said, like, we're human. Shit happens. Things will come up in our personal life, our work life, family life, and it can literally put a hole in the ship, if you will. Like, it can literally, like, just sink our whole momentum. Like, we can just go from being one week really good on top of the world, happy, and then something happens And then the next week or the next two weeks or however long, people just, you know, like, don't feel good. Like, depression is very real. And a lot of us, you know, suffer from it. A lot of people even go undiagnosed, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to acknowledge that, like, things happen. We're human. You're not expected to be peak performance all the time. However, when you do acknowledge, like, yourself is not feeling 100%, you got to be able to disclose that to your partner, You got to let them know like, hey, I'm not feeling good. I got some stuff going on, you know, and it's just not making me right right now. And then as long as you communicate that, then it's fine, you know, because then your partner knows, hey, like they're going through some stuff right now. So I'm just going to do a little bit extra. Like they can only put in 30 percent or 20 percent or whatever. So I'm going to put in 60 percent, 70 percent, 80 percent, whatever necessary to make sure that we're okay, And you know, a few weeks later, month or so, whatever, you know, given the circumstances when, you know, your partner does start feeling better, then you can, you know, go back to 50-50. And then now you know that you, your partner knows that they can count on you. So whenever you don't feel good, your partner most likely will reciprocate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think another common misconception is that your partner will heal you from past trauma. And we discussed this a little bit before when we brought up the fact that I am very clear with Munmeet and I lay that boundary down that I'm not going to be your therapist. So that's like, I feel like that's a common misconception that a lot of people have is like, oh, my partner is going to heal me from whatever 
traumas I've experienced or whatever I need to work on, they're going to do that, you know. Um, And I think that that is that's not a good mindset to have. Mm -hmm. Like we mentioned before, we are not each other's personal projects. We are our own. We we need to work on our own selves, you know, and this is what therapy is for. Your partner can be there to support you when you are going through your own therapy and to kind of hold you accountable and check you and give you love or whatever your love language is, like support you in that way. But they by no means can do your healing for you. That is something that you are going to have to do as an individual. Yeah, exactly. And this kind of ties into the next misconception that you're going to have to change yourself to make your partner happy. And that's just that's just not correct, because if you're going to change yourself, that's because you as an individual recognize that there's things to change, Mm -hmm. that you are not in a healthy frame of mind and that, you know, there are improvements to be made. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to be aware enough to acknowledge those things, then yeah, you make changes, but not for anybody besides yourself. Now, if making these changes for yourself improves your relationship with your partner, your family and your friends, well, then that's just icing on the cake. But the cake itself is you changing for yourself, not for anybody else. Yeah. And I think another thing and this uh, we can speak from our culture because we both identify as coming from South Asian cultural background that typically in our culture, a relationship is more than just between two people. It also involves family and friends and community. So a part of our culture is that we value community over individuality all the time. So it's kind of important for both of us to find a balance between that because we both were born and raised here. So we do have Western values of independency and individuality as well. But we were also raised in households where our parents are both immigrants from India and Pakistan. So um, we were raised in households where they did embed us with the South Asian cultural values of family and community as well. So it's I think it's important for us to find a balance between both our Western side of our culture and also our South Asian side. And that's something that we've kind of had to like navigate and learn as we go. So you know, like every day we talk to our family. It's very important for us to like have each other hang out with our family. Manny has hung out with my family a little bit more because it was a little easier since they live in the Chicagoland area. So when he was living out there, we we hung out with them a lot. Um, But I recently had the opportunity to meet Manmeet's family as well. And that I think like we already kind of had our relationship solidified but I think me meeting his family kind of solidified like in person solidified things a little bit more for us because we're like okay like if my family likes you and like if my fan if you value like spending time with my family we can get along I think that's like just another you know another bonus as well yeah I I agree and I'd also like to just acknowledge that you know I'm sure our listeners are come from like multiple backgrounds and mm-hmm. just different, you know, walks of life. So it's, if you do have like a different cultural, you know, background, you come from a different culture and like your communities, you know, culture is different. Also like acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of the same thing. Try to find a balance between the culture you were raised in and then the culture that you're living in now, because 
us as a lot of like first gen, you know, American born children of immigrants, mm-hmm. we were raised with this American culture of kind of like putting ourselves and what we want, our desires, our dreams and goals first. But the old generation, like my folks generation comes from like, you know, you got to do things for your parents, your grandparents, your community, you know, X, Y and Z. So basically what you're saying, but I'm sure people from other communities probably have some you know some some things they have to like balance out with the way they're living out here yeah definitely and i think um we both believe that you shouldn't only celebrate your partner on holidays like valentine's day or special occasions like their birthday or something you should celebrate your partner all the time and these extra holidays yes they are an excuse to do something special which is totally fine and lovely as well But that shouldn't be the only time where you show your partner however they want to, again, bring it back to the love languages. Try to make that effort as much as possible, you know, not don't only wait until those holidays to show your partner that you love them and you appreciate them. There are so many ways that you can show your partner how much they mean to you. And again, doing that love languages quiz will really, really help in showing you like what little ways you can do that. I agree. And uh, the last misconception that um, I guess we had to like rectify ourselves is that you have to face issues by yourself only. And, you know, that's just, it's just a very archaic way of thinking. And, you know, I guess I'm guilty of it growing up in the community that I grew up in that we don't share our problems with outside people. You only share them with yourself and you work on it with yourself only when you're better than you're better, but you can't go to somebody else for help. Like it's almost like a taboo to ask people for help or to let people in on, you know, what's going on with you. And it's just kind of unfair if you think about it, because you're supposed to be able to share your problems with your partner and ask them for help. That's why they're your partner. You just got to make sure that you're not, you know, seeing them as a replacement for like, let's say a role of a therapist. Because again, you do need to have your own therapy. You got to be able to work on things yourself. But you should also not be afraid to ask your partner for help. We're a social creature. We work better in groups and numbers, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's just one of those things that, you know, we kind of have to unlearn as we get older that, yeah, you can rely on your partner for help. Mm -hmm. You can. Just don't replace them. Just don't replace your therapist with them. Like, go take care of yourself. But if you do need help, you can ask for it. So I think this transitions really well into the next thing we want to talk about. We want to talk about the difference between codependency and interdependency. I'll begin by talking about uh, just characteristics of codependent people and codependent relationships. So a codependent person is basically kind of what you think it is. One person can't really live without another person there. They're, you know, emotionally unstable without the other person. You know, it could be a significant other, friends, families. Oftentimes act to please other people because they want to please other people so badly. And they're normally only fine with another person there and oftentimes very lost alone. And this kind of ties in because when you have two people that are, you know, codependent, now you have a, a relationship that's codependent. And it's basically like, You got two people that rely on each other for everything and they depend on each other for fulfilling their needs. You know, they can't fulfill their needs themselves. So they have to reply, you know, rely on this other person, you know, for it. This kind of relationship, these people can never be left alone, always want to be around each other. And, 
you know, you got to understand that your partner cannot fulfill all of your needs. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, even if one person in the relationship is a codependent individual, I feel like that makes the entire relationship codependent. I feel like in order for a relationship to completely be interdependent, which is what I'm going to talk about in a little bit, um, I think both people in the relationship or all people in the relationship need to be independent individuals on their own. And I think that's the only way where you can get away from falling into a codependent relationship. So it just takes one codependent person to be in a codependent relationship. So now I feel like an independent individual is someone that's kind of the opposite of what Manmeet just talked about. An independent individual is someone that, you know, knows who they are, is self-aware, knows what they want, knows their values, and can be totally at peace with being alone and on their own. And I think it's one thing to want to be around other people and another thing to need to be around other people. I think it's totally normal to want to be around people and be like, wow, it'd be really nice to just like have some friends around right now. But if you can't, you're able to move past that and still find happiness and peace with being alone. It's another thing to need to be around other people to the point where it's negatively impacting you and the people around you. And the people around you feel like they can never get any space to themselves because you cannot be at peace with being uh, by yourself. And then an interdependent relationship would have to involve all the people in that relationship have to be independent people for a relationship to be interdependent. So that involves both people being equally independent and being equally fine by themselves, but they choose to be together, not out of need, but out of want. Um, And I think something that really helped us with this was when we did have to be in a long distance relationship. Because for me personally, I am someone that kind of always, I was always in a relationship ever since I was 17. I've always been in a relationship, kind of jumped from relationship to relationship. So I, and I always lived with people like around me with roommates or with family. So I never had that time to truly be alone and sit with what that's like to just be with myself and for me when after I think we were dating for like seven to eight months and then we found out that Manmeet had to move across the country to Tucson Arizona and that we would be doing a long distance relationship for about a year it was not until then where I finally learned how to be at peace with being alone and now when I came back to visit Manmeet Um, after like seven months of being individuals and being independent of one another, we both approach our relationships so differently now. I think before when we first started dating in Chicago, we were were codependent. Mm -hmm. We were depending on each other a lot to, again, like fulfill each other's needs, to heal each other's wounds. Things that we could be doing by ourselves, we were relying on the other person. So I think now that we've had that time to be independent and, and sit with ourselves alone, I think now the way we approach our relationship is super different. 
Like, we still rely on each other once in a while and support one another, but we don't feel this constant need to depend on one another for every single thing. So now we're going to um, dive into the last portion of this episode. We will probably be doing more episodes about this in the future, and if you all have any questions you want to send in to us, use that voice memo feature that I now have and send in a question and we'd be more than happy to answer um, whatever questions you guys want to know or um, want us to talk about. But for now, we have a, a few questions, too, that were sent in to us by listeners that they wanted us to address. So um, we're going to take this time to do a little Q&A. So our first question goes, how do you know when you're in an unhealthy relationship and how do you leave when you otherwise feel trapped? So I'll answer the first portion of this. First, you got to think about values. Do your values and your partner's values, do they align? Are they similar? Are they somewhat similar or are they just completely opposite of each other? Second, do you feel safe? Is there safety in this relationship? Do you feel safe with this partner besides just physically safe? Do you feel emotionally safe? Do you feel mentally safe with your partner? Do you feel safe enough to say what's on your mind and speak your truth? And if the answer is yes, then are you being heard? Is your partner listening to you? And I mean really listening to you, not just waiting for their turn to speak. Do their actions equal their words? If your partner says they're going to do something, do they do it? Or do they just keep telling you pretty words? Do they walk the walk or do they just talk the talk? Lastly, are boundaries being met? Boundaries that you set about things that you, that you would like to be done to make yourself feel comfortable. Are those boundaries being met or are they being disregarded altogether? Now, if your answer for all of the above is yes, you know, our values are similar, I feel safe, and I also feel heard. My partner's actions do equal their words, they're not all talk, and yes, my boundaries are being respected, then chances are you're in a somewhat healthy relationship. Now, if the answer is no to, I guess, even any of those, because I feel like all of those need to be met, you got to approach it with a grain of salt and think like, okay, this might be either really unhealthy or somewhat unhealthy and if it is just somewhat unhealthy then you need to address that and say hey listen like i don't think our values are lining up or i feel like i'm allowed to speak to you but i don't feel heard when i get to speak to you or i don't even feel safe enough to speak about what i really want to speak to you about because you're going to give me a negative response and if all of the above is no then i would say that i think that you're in an unhealthy relationship Yeah, and this is all from like our own perspective, you know, and we are not um, professionals or anything. So if you do need help in a relationship, please seek help. Please get couples therapy, couples counseling. Please seek resources that are in your community to get help. And as to the last part of that question that asked how, how to leave when you otherwise feel trapped... I feel like this question can be very, there's a lot to this question. Again, I want to have you all be informed that I am not a professional on how to deal with leaving unhealthy or even abusive relationships. I can 
mention a few things that I feel like would be helpful. I can also provide resources in the episode notes. I will provide a link to the domestic violence website um, and I will put the domestic violence national hotline number in the episode notes as well. So please, if you feel like you are in an abusive relationship and you are experiencing domestic violence or intimate partner violence, please seek out help from a professional and you can use those resources I provided in that link to figure out what you need to do to get yourself to safety. But I can um, I can just provide a little bit of information that I feel like would be helpful. And so I think the main thing that Manmeet mentioned was, do you feel safe? And if the answer, like, like physical safety, emotional safety, all that, And if the answer is yes, and you still want to get out of the relationship, because it is possible to not be in an abusive relationship, and still it will be unhealthy. So if the answer is yes, you do feel, you know, physically safe and all that, emotionally safe, and you still want to get out of it, make a plan and stick to that plan. And make sure that you are practicing self-care, because... To break up with somebody, to end a relationship is very exhausting. It requires a lot of effort. So make sure you are giving yourself the support you need to energize yourself so that you do have the energy to make that plan and stick to it. And just be open and transparent with the person. You know, like tell them your truth. Speak your truth. I don't think this relationship is good for me anymore because of this reason. And lastly, I would say expect the conversation to go either way. Don't go into the conversation with super high expectations that that person is going to agree with you or that you guys are going to be best friends even after you break up. That would be awesome if that's possible. But also, I would say expect it to go the other way as well. Expect y'all to just go your separate ways at the end of it too. So I think those are a few key things that I would recommend. And then if the answer to the safety question in the beginning is no, I don't feel safe, then you need help. Seek out resources. And I will put, again, I will put that in the episode notes. I will link the domestic violence website and the hotline number. So please seek out help because if you do not feel safe with your partner, you need professional help. And that professional, when you seek out those resources, they will help you make a plan, a safety plan, to help you get out of that situation in the best and safest way for you. So um, yeah, that's pretty much all I think that I have to say about that. Um, and then our next question that, that was sent to us was, How do you and Mamith communicate with each other when you both have fights or a disagreement? And what is a healthy way to handle disagreements or fights? So I always say to Mamith that I feel like we don't fight, but we do have arguments. We do have tough conversations where we do not see eye to eye, do not agree with each other, get frustrated with each other. But I feel like we never... Because to me, I've seen uh, fights between couples, I've observed it, and I've also been involved in it myself in past relationships, and that involves constant interruption, 
not letting the other person ever say their piece or finish what they're saying, constant yelling or swearing at the at the other person, that to me is fighting because I am somebody personally who does not like yelling. Me and Munmeeth do not swear at each other at all. Even if it's in fun or in a joking way, we have both put that boundary down to each other that we will never swear at each other because that is just that is just very 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 unhealthy for both of us so i would say that would be um that would be an unhealthy thing if you are yelling and swearing and interrupting also ultimatums if you are giving your partner or your partner is giving you ultimatums for example if i were to tell monmeath if you really loved me, you would never watch martial arts because you know how much I hate violence. That would be an example of an ultimatum. And that would be totally unfair. And I would say unhealthy because that means that I'm expecting Munmeet to completely sacrifice something that is a huge part of himself just for my sake, you know. Um, so I think that would, uh, ultimatums are definitely not a good sign. I think the best thing to do is when you disagree with somebody, something that Manmeeth and I do is we listen to each other. Instead of just waiting for our turn to talk, we actually listen and we let the other person complete what they're saying. And I feel like we come from a place of love and compassion with each other. Even if we get frustrated with each other, we always try to keep ourselves grounded in whatever way we can. And therapy has helped us find ways to do that. But always coming back from a place of love and compassion. I love this person, you know. I, I'm compassionate for this person and that is why we are having this argument. That is why we're having this disagreement. So always circle back to that. Be empathetic. Put yourself in their shoes and vice versa. And if, you, if you're struggling to put yourself in their shoes, ask them. You know, ask them for help with that. How can I put myself in your shoes right now? Or even better, you can ask, how can I help you feel more supported? Be open-minded. But I think the worst fights happen when, and there no growth occurs when people remain closed-minded and not open to growth. And actually, I think that Mamith and I both like have talked about this, that when we argue and disagree, those are opportunities for growth, right? And it's tough to have those conversations, but we always leave learning more about ourselves and about each other and about what the other person needs and wants and values. So those are opportunities for both of you to grow. So be open-minded to that. Apologize. If you did something or said something to hurt your partner or vice versa, and they, and even if you don't agree if what you said was wrong or did, but your partner is telling you, hey, when you said this, it really hurt me. Apologize for that. Take accountability for what you did or said. And then lastly, I would say make a plan to do better. I think one thing that I really like about our relationship is that after every disagreement, after things settle, after we're both calm and not frustrated anymore, we always come back to each other and we ask and we make a plan. We ask each other, what can we do in the future 
to do better, to grow. And I think ending on that question really changes the way conflicts end. I would just like to take this time to thank everyone for listening in on this episode. As you could tell, I'm extremely nervous, but (laughs) I am getting over it. I would like to disclose that Sonia and I are not perfect individuals, and we are by far are not a perfect couple. We make mistakes, we fight, just like everybody else. Um, this is just kind of like little things that we learned going through this journey together. Uh, a lot of trial and error, so you know, take things with a grain of salt. You don't have to follow us directly, it's just advice. At the end of the day, you do what makes you happy, and um, thank you all for listening. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for making it through to the end and listening. And thank you to my partner, Manmeet, for your insight and your presence in today's episode. I really appreciate you. And if you want to learn more about the five love languages and take the quiz yourself, I've included that link in the episode notes. So feel free to check that out. Share with your friends, share with your partner, share with your family. And on a more serious note, if you want to learn more about domestic violence, abusive relationships, and seek out resources if you or someone you know needs help, I've included the link to the domestic violence website, which is www.thehotline.org. And I've also put the number to the hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. Also, if you can't speak over the phone, then you can log on to thehotline.org or text LOVE IS, in all caps, to the number 22522. So again, I do not claim to be an expert on the topic of domestic violence. So if you feel like you need help or someone you know needs help, please seek it out from a professional and please check out these resources to figure out how you can get to safety. Thank you everyone again for listening and take care. As always, I thank you for listening and staying tuned. If you like this episode, feel free to share it with the people in your life. I would also really appreciate if you would subscribe to Synergy Cast on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Give it a five-star rating and leave a good review mentioning what you like about the podcast. You can also follow the Instagram for updates, at SynergyCast, and I have also included that in the episode notes. I have now a new feature, which is a voice memo feature, which I am very excited about. So if you would like to send in your thoughts and your feelings or your personal experiences, feel free to record a voice memo and send it my way. I would love to include your voice in the next podcast episodes. Lastly, if you are willing and able, there is another new feature where you can donate however much money you want to help support Synergy Cast financially. If you do choose to donate, The money would help me pay for several things. It would help me pay for myself, my own energies, my own efforts, and also the money would help pay my future guests, especially people of color, for their time. Since I believe it is very important to compensate people of color, especially for their time and energy, since many BIPOC 
which stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, have a history of being taken advantage of and underpaid or not paid at all for their efforts. So any and all ways you choose to support would be very much appreciated. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes coming your way soon. Stay safe, everyone, and take care.